When it comes to making chocolate, while there's a lot of room for creativity, there's also the importance of having structure. How you set yourself up in your kitchen, how you organize your work process, how you mentally compartmentalize your task at hand can make a huge difference in your work. And if you're diligent at respecting and following proper protocol for all processes, then it makes it that much easier to figure out what went wrong and when. Breaking it all down in today's I Heart Chocolate Podcast. Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a space where chasing dreams and indulging in chocolate is celebrated, where it's okay to walk the abnormal path, break tradition, and pursue your own true happiness. A space where you can gain encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to go out there and become the best chocolatier you possibly can be. I'm your host, Tina Codinha, and I know what it is to be chocolate crazy. Like you truly feel called to do this, as if a light suddenly went on and all arrows point to chocolate. I've had the honor of working under some of the best chocolatiers in the industry, and all the while have dedicated my free time toward bettering my craft at home. I'm a wife, a mother, founder of Codinha Chocolate and Codinha Chocolate Mentorship, which I proudly run with my amazing, talented husband, Bruno. Chocolate is so much in my blood, I couldn't live without it. It's been the wildest journey thus far, and my hope is that this inspires you to keep on keeping on and believe that you can do this too. Because the truth is, yes, you can. You really, truly can. So consider me your new chocolate friend, constantly cheering you on because I'm right there with you. And let's dive in. Hey, chocolate friends. Happy Friday. It is indeed a Friday when I am recording this. And by the time this comes out, I will officially be one year older. Whew. I already know how I will be celebrating my B-Day because I asked specifically for it. I always tell my husband that if he ever gifts me something, I'd much rather receive a gift in the form of an experience rather than something material, unless that material something is something chocolate related that I really want. But honestly though, uh, yeah, I don't need jewelry, I don't need a new purse, I don't need new shoes, I don't want designer this or that. I prefer the gift of mental stimulation, of creating memories. And so by the time this comes out, I will have gone to the Van Gogh Immersion Exhibit, which if you don't know, Vincent Van Gogh was a huge artist back in the day. He's responsible for the iconic Starry Night. And I just remember studying his work back in college and feeling like, oh my goodness, I can feel so much of what he is trying to portray through his paintings. So the Van Gogh Immersion Exhibit is this thing that's going on in LA where you go into these rooms and they had positioned his paintings. I'm assuming, I haven't been to it yet, but what I've seen from the trailer, Position his paintings brightly above the wall so it feels like you're actually in the painting. How freaking cool is that? I just wanted something to get my brain, creative juices going a little bit. So that's how I'm spending my birthday. Anyways, the reason I bring that up is I feel that like like painting as with chocolate making, being a chocolatier, being an artist, it's very much the same. It's your presentation of how you work of what flavors you like, of how you play along with textures, colors. Every detail of your work says a lot about how you were trained as a chocolatier. Okay, so now having said all that, I think it's important to note that there are certain systems and structures that should be in place while you work. Otherwise, it's just chaos and you have no real chance to improve upon your methods. Makes total sense, right? Now, I know that's not talked about a lot, but first and foremost, I think you should know What is it that you're even going to make? What product are you trying to make? Outline everything. I'm a huge fan of recording everything and outlining stuff. I'm old school and I like to still use a pen and pad rather than computer, but do whatever method works for you. So outline what you're going to make. 
And especially when you're starting off, I will say that if you have a list, even if it's just a mental one of the tools you're going to need, the ingredients, the mold you're going to use, the colors, etc., it just helps you to be more organized in your work and to foreshadow and see what that finished product is supposed to look like. So you have something to gauge against already, right? Visualize it. So outline your process. It's one thing to watch a, f- a tutorial a few times, right? You can go and watch a tutorial on the gram or on YouTube and go ahead and try it out for yourself. But it's another that when you actually have your kitchen set up the right way and you organize yourself properly, how just watching a tutorial can all of a sudden transform into an actual real product. So one of the first pieces of advice I ever got was to work as clean and quickly as possible. Over time, you're going to want to work more efficiently. So another helpful tip if you're starting off, time yourself. Especially if you're trying to do production for business, you should have an idea roughly of how long it takes for you to finish all your tasks. This not only helps you to schedule your task for the day for future reference, but it also helps you when you're costing out your labor, which if you don't know, you should definitely be including the cost of labor in your price points. And that can be saved for another podcast, or if you're part of the Passion to Biz 101, I cover that in there as well. I just mentioned a few key things right here, which I guess just come kind of such nature to me at this point, because I'm so used to knowing what setups and systems I need in place for each item in my production list. But yes, if you took anything away from the first five minutes of this, outline your products, outline the tools you will need for the task at hand, Go over mentally each step so you can clear space and work cleanly and efficiently. It's a pain in the butt if you think about it, if you're scrambling back and forth in your kitchen trying to grab one item last minute or a color that you still need to heat up or you have to set up this section of your table or something is not clean for you already that you have to go clean it in the moment. It's very frustrating. It's very disorganized. And you're going to lose a lot of time working on something that could have been taken care of more simply, if you had mise en place prior to starting your work. Hey, chocolate friend, do you ever dream about what it'd be like working with chocolate? Are you curious about this industry and find yourself scrolling through social media, watching every tutorial possible, or just plain wondering how the heck to get started? Are you a chocolatepreneur struggling to grow your business? Enter Codinia Chocolate Mentorship, a mentorship program unlike any other because not only is it an ongoing education program where my hubby Bruno and I teach you the fundamentals of chocolate making, but it's also a space where we dive deep into what exactly it takes to be a successful chocolatier. I'm talking mindset, sales strategies, product development, and more. In our program, you will have the chance to interact through live group courses, receive one-on-one coaching sessions, and join our private Facebook group for further support. We want to help you succeed and truly live a life doing what you love. Because guess what? It is possible. If you have grit and determination, and most importantly, believe that this chocolate dream is for you, we want to work with you. The dream of becoming a successful chocolatier can truly become your reality. So, I just have one last question. Are you ready to raise the roof on your chocolate confidence and experience an amazing transformation, chocolate friend? That's a long amazing. That's a long amazing. Think about that. (laughs) Head on over to www.codiniachocolatementorship.com forward slash apply to schedule your complimentary strategy call. And let's make your chocolate journey one to remember, right? All right, back to our podcast. 
Other important thing on systems and structures is the emphasis to work cleanly. I know that balancing the ganache and using proper tools is talked about often in social media right now, but how do you work? Working clean from the very start? Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, make sure that you're using quality products. Make sure that if you're receiving product from a vendor that you're double checking its quality, meaning signs of damage, signs of expiration, etc. Right? Make sure that your workspace is clean and maintained. It may seem extreme, but we always sanitize our tables and tools with alcohol before every single use. Because after all, we are creating something that's going to be consumed. And obviously, of course, I have to say this because I know before some people make a comment if they see you working with your bare hands, wash your hands often and properly. And if you are using gloves, change your gloves often, you know, don't wear gloves once and think that that's enough for sanitation because it's not right. I know that sounds common sense, but uh, you would be surprised. So like I said, please understand that if you work clean, clean your tools properly, have a clean workspace, then you minimize something that again, I feel like it's such common knowledge, but it's not talked about and people don't realize the reason why there's an emphasis on working clean in this industry is you're minimizing the risk of microbial growth within your product. Also, when you start to make something, make sure that you know the process from start to finish. So for example, when you're making a ganache, again, to me, this is common sense, but I will tell you that I've seen this happen in actual chocolate kitchens. And when I see it, it just boggles my mind as to why because it doesn't make me any freaking sense. So when you make a ganache, that is a fresh product with a specific shelf life that can quickly expire or be compromised if it's not handled properly. What do I mean by that? Well, you should make a ganache from start to finish with the intention of using it that day and use all of it. You should know how to calculate the amount of ganache you need for your molds. You should have a solution for your extra ganache besides just throwing it out unless, you know, that's what you want to do and lose money. Or you should have a solution for your extra ganache, what to do with it if you want to maximize your profits. And you should never keep leftover ganache to repipe the next day or for future use because you are risking once again for microbial growth to occur as you're leaving a fresh product being exposed to air and etc., which can which bacteria can thrive in. So what I'm trying to say is you are trying to minimize the risk of bacteria by respecting the processes of how you how you make something from start to finish, right? Also, if you don't know, when you make a ganache, there's actually two different methods that you can use. The first, which is the most common, and I'm sure many people have seen this, you heat up your cream mixture, you pour it over your chocolate, add whatever else you need to add, you emulsify, you blend it, you wait until the ganache cools to the proper temperature, which is usually between 28 to 32 Celsius, depending if it's a white, dark, or milk ganache, and then you pipe it or pour it into a frame, right? What people don't realize is that that window of, of the ganache cooling down from being too hot, usually what, 50, 60 degrees Celsius down to 28, 30, needs to be minimized as much as possible. Why? Because that gap of time, that gap of that temperature range is ideal for bacteria to grow in. People don't stop and think about this, but it's true. If you, if you understand how shelf life and you're doing all this work to balance your recipe, but then you're not taking respect to 
how you're going to limit microbial growth in the actual process of how you're making your ganache. I mean, like I said, it's a minute detail and some people might think, oh, but it's such a small percentage of microbial growth to happen. I don't need to worry about that. I mean, again, how you're trained and how you think affects everything in your work from here on out. Just saying. Which brings me up to ganache method number two. So you could melt your ganache, I'm sorry, you could melt your chocolate to about 35 to 40 Celsius and you could have your cream mixture about the same and then you emulsify it that way. By doing this method, you're actually minimizing that window because it's no longer such a high temperature and your ganache most of the time is ready to use right away. We used this method when I worked in a chocolate kitchen under an MOF finalist for all of his ganaches. And it was the first time that I actually saw that technique being used and I didn't understand why until it was explained to me that that is the reason why we're doing what we're doing, especially if we're producing a large amount of chocolate and confections for our customers. And it makes complete and total sense, you guys. You don't have the risk of the ganache being in the quote unquote danger zone at all because you're making sure that your process is set up from the beginning to minimize that right? Systems and structures, you guys, systems and structures. So why is all of this important? Again, being a chocolatier is so much more, so much more than just making freaking bonbons. Please do not tell me that you're trying to be a chocolatier just to make freaking pretty bonbons because it's so much more than that. It comes down to how do you work? Do you understand your methods? Are you able to analyze results and come up with the hypothesis as to what went wrong and why when something does not work out? Bruno always says being a chocolatier is not about getting it perfect every single time. It's about being able to troubleshoot and understand what went wrong and how to fix it. If you're not, then you are missing out on some serious chocolate knowledge that will not only increase your brain cells, but up your skill set as a chocolatier. Because chocolate in the end, you guys, it is scientific. It's creative and artsy and all of that stuff as well. But to truly understand how it works requires knowledge. It requires understanding and respecting certain principles and systems that should be held in place if you want to produce the best confections possible. Whew. You lose so much valuable time without systems and structures in place. It also reflects in your work. Now, if this is something that you are lost on, or if it's kind of blowing your mind and making you realize that you're lacking certain structures and discipline, then I highly advise you to correct it. If you're experiencing problems in chocolate making and you cannot figure out why, it's most likely one or a combo of all the things. One, you don't have the knowledge yet on the, seat, on the science behind certain chocolate methods. Two, your current system or way of doing things is not ideal for what you're trying to produce. Three, you're not recording your progress or methods, therefore you have no concrete evidence to support why your products turn out the way that they do. I know it sounds simple, to me it sounds freaking simple, but in truth, how you work with chocolate from start to finish, like I said, even before you actually start making the product, from the moment you have an idea for something all the way throughout how you bring that idea to life, can affect how successful you will be in the long run. I learned all of this from work. When you get to work under an MOF and an MOF finalist and an American chocolate master and some of the top freaking pastry chefs out there, you see this and you don't take it lightly. And I can tell you, I honestly didn't realize that there was another way to do things, meaning an unorganized way to do things, until I saw another chocolatier doing it. And I said, what? I was just shocked, honestly. That was my honest reaction. 
it, it didn't make any sense to me. But like I said, you can't know if you've been if you've been taught only one way. That I understand too. If you've been taught the wrong way, then you don't know any better, right? I think when people message us, for instance, on Instagram and they send us questions, which by the way, <laughs> uh, this is kind of very rude to do to all chocolatiers if you ask them, expecting a chocolatier to just troubleshoot something for you without the proper context, without providing the knowledge, um, the background, and expecting it for free. When that chocolatier who you're asking most likely spent years on learning and training, it doesn't really look very nice when you just ask for something for free right off the bat like that, right? And it doesn't do you any good in the long run to receive a half-assed answer because there's no way we can possibly answer you in a direct message conversation with all the knowledge you need to know in order for you to succeed in chocolate. For that, I will say there's a reason that we offer consultation. There's a reason that we offer mentorship because we go deep. We value your time with us. And I'm sure you value our expertise. Otherwise, why would you be asking us? And it's a chance for us to really spend the time with you so that we can correct mistakes along the way and show you and train you the proper way to do things. Make sense? So if you're trying to build yourself up based off free info that you're getting from the internet and that alone I mean, yes, you're going to learn one way or another, you're going to learn, but there's no way that you're going to know if what you're doing is 100% correct. So just be warned that your work is going to reflect that. Just had to say that. The beauty of being disciplined in respect to wanting to truly know how to work more efficiently, how to work cleanly, understanding scientific processes, is that it enables you to do so much more with chocolate. It opens up the door for you truly. I wish people would understand that. If you want to become a badass chocolatier, then you have to be willing to discipline yourself to work like the best right from the start. You have to pay attention to details that matter, that many people overlook because they don't know any better again. You start doing this and taking it seriously and I guarantee that you will see results quicker, you will improve faster, and you'll be a far more capable chocolatier than when you first started. I am going to end this with one of my favorites from the great Julie Andrews, who said, for some, discipline is a chore. For me, it is the kind of order that sets me free to fly. So freaking true, Julie Andrews, so freaking true. I was going to end it cheesy and say, fly on, chocolatiers, caca. <laughs> well, I just did. But yeah, fly on, chocolatiers, caca. See you on the next one. And that's all, folks. By the way, in case we aren't friends yet, let's keep the connection going and get social on the gram. You can always reach out to us at Cadenia Chocolate, where we post inspirational, drool-worthy, and informative tips on all things chocolate. And can I just say, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you felt a connection from this podcast or found it helpful, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep spreading the chocolate happiness. Y'all know that that is my life mission. But really though... <laughs> Via chocolate making, teaching, and now through sound. Woohoo! Have a beautiful day, and I know it's gonna sound cheesy, but it is true. In case you needed a reminder, you are 100% worthy of the life that you dream, chocolate filled or otherwise. You just have to summon up the courage to pursue it. And you keep pursuing and grinding and working and loving it until you get there. Okie dokie! Catch you on the next one. <laughs>